You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Chris and Nick Show here on Big Blue View Radio. I am one of the hosts, Nick Filato, joined as always by Chris Flum, and we are here today to talk some New York Giants training camp, some injuries, and then some overall thoughts on the Giants' preseason win 23-21 over the New England Patriots from earlier last week, Thursday game. It was a solid outing, I would say, overall by the New York Giants, but the last couple days in camp, Chris, there's been some you know negative news about injuries, and some of it does stem back from that Thursday game, but it seems like the Giants are getting a little dinged up. Now, I feel fortunate that none of these injuries, you know, knocking on wood at the moment, have been reported as overly serious, but it seems like, you know, you're a week plus into training camp and now guys are starting to go down a little bit. These dings do happen. You know, every year we start to get just reports of players accumulating injuries because, you know, it's hot. They're, in some cases, they haven't played you know, done football things in a while. So mistakes happen. And, you know, when, when you're playing a sport like football, mistakes do tend to get you hurt. But it just, it's just kind of a, you know, stop me if you've heard this one before. Giants have injuries. You know, we've been saying basically the same things about this team going back to uh, 2012 when they just consistently lead the league in players on the injury reserve. Now, like you, like you said, Fortunately, none of these injuries seem to be the kind to really last. Other than a couple, uh, like Marcus McKeithen, we we haven't had any season-ending injuries yet. Uh, Brian Dabble said just this morning that they seem to have avoided serious injuries with John Feliciano, Ellerson Smith, and Jihad Ward, all of whom left Sunday's practice with injuries, but still the, the Giants depth is starting to be a concern. And you brought up McKethan or McKeithen, I should say. And I think that is important because the one position group that seems to be kind of getting riddled with injuries is that offensive line position group. And the Giants are getting creative. They moved Debry Hamilton, who I felt like had a really good game on Thursday, who played tackle. They moved him inside to guard. Ben Bredesen is bouncing inside at center and then over to guard, left guard, I think, specifically, because there's a lot of these guys who are injured. You have Shane Lemieux, who left the game with a toe injury, and Brian Dable, when he was asked about it, he was a little bit nondescript about if Shane Lemieux will be available for week one. He didn't say he doesn't like to give a lot of information in terms of the injuries, but he wouldn't, you know, guarantee that he would be there. Jamil Douglas went down with an injury. Josh Azudu is dealing with something. You brought up John Feliciano. So you look at the interior offensive linemen here. There's there's a lot of them that are going down. And in Monday's practice, August 15th, they only rolled with two offensive line units. They usually roll with three. And it's just kind of starting to take its toll on specifically the guards and the centers. Yes. And I think right now the big concern is just being able to practice. You know, right now, the Giants just have 
two offensive line units, and that's going to limit them in what they can do in practice. And also, these guys are going to start accumulating more reps if you only have 10 healthy offensive linemen. That means the starters and the backups are going to have to take more practice reps than they'd probably probably prefer which just you know that adds to fatigue and that's more opportunities for injury so the Giants have to walk a really tight line right now and I think if if it's good for anybody now injuries are never good for anybody but if it is good for anybody and we want to look at a glass half full you got to look at Devery Hamilton who like I said I felt like he looked good on the film and then Max Garcia more so maybe Devery Hamilton because he looked so good in the limited or in the snaps that he was out there for he ended up playing like 70 snaps in that game, but now he's getting looks at guard. And if he can impress there, that can go a long way for him making this roster. Cause if we just go back a couple weeks, Chris, this offensive line looked a lot different when they had McKeith and healthy and they had Matt Gano on this roster. You still have Matt Parrott and Nick Gates, who you're not really hundred percent sure what to expect from those two offensive linemen. So there could be roster spots up in the air for one of these back end guys, maybe a McGinn who looked, you know, solid out there. Garrett McGinn, he was a tackle. He played 67 seven snaps in the game you know will holden has only been here for you know a cup of coffee so far but he played 34 snaps so for some of these guys these reps are very very valuable and they could even earn a job if they can impress yeah and i would also include ben bredesen on that list he was a backup left guard came in after shane lemieux went down with that toe foot whatever it is injury that had him in a walking boot on the sideline he has since moved over to center when Feliciano went out. And I thought Bredesen looked pretty good in center during the game. You know, he we didn't have any any bad snaps. The ball didn't go flying over Davis Webb's head or you know, he didn't bounce the ball off his butt or anything like that. And he was a solid blocker. Nothing no revelations as a blocker, but for what he is as a backup interior offensive lineman, a guy who could probably play all three interior offensive line positions. That's really what you want for him to be able to come off the bench and be competent. He's not locked into the lineup, but I think he has a good shot with the game that he put together in preseason and the fact that he's taking successful snaps at center. I think he's athletic. He's only 24 years old right now so I think he's somebody who can definitely make this roster other injuries though Chris like we brought up Josh Azudu and some of the other offensive linemen we know Cordell Flott's dealing with some groin tightness he's not practicing from the uh, injury that he sustained during the game Kadarius Tony is still not practicing it's likely he's not going to be available for Sunday but that's you know something that we've dealt with a lot with Kadarius Tony, unfortunately. Gary Brightwell and Matt Breda both aren't practicing on Monday. Trenton Thompson rolled his ankle in Monday's practice. Don't know the severity of that quite yet. So not to mention Jihad Ward and Ellison Smith, like you brought up. It's just a lot of these guys are starting to get dinged up. That Ellison Smith one looked pretty scary. I think Justin Pennick put a video of it up on Twitter. It might have just been one of the talking Giants guys. And he was just coming around the edge, you know, up the pass rushing arc high side, and he just collapsed like – almost kind of like a non-contact type of situation. So, you know, hope nothing serious there. But, man, dude, it's, uh, you know, only a couple of weeks away from the season, and, and it's it's getting scary. But one good thing, though, Chris, Aziz Ojolari was activated. So maybe on Sunday we get to see Aziz Ojolari and Kayvon Thibodeau together. Yeah, that I think would be great to see. And I was really happy to see him not in a red non-contact jersey. He was wearing just a regular white jersey out there doing his thing. Now, 
he's probably going to have to have a little bit of an acclimation period to get, you know, really back up to speed. But this does give the Giants two really athletic, explosive, young edge rushers out there on the outside for their defense. And we already saw, even in the vanilla version of Wing Martindale's defense, we saw Kayvon Thibodeau dropping into coverage. We saw him blitz the Patriots more than they had been blitzed in the last five years of preseason games. So it will be very interesting to see what happens against the Cincinnati Bengals this week. That is assuming as Ojolari plays and they don't want to give him just one more week to get up to speed because as we all know, hamstrings are tricky. Hamstrings are very tricky. And there's also receivers like Darius Slayton who aren't practicing today. I, I'm not, I don't think there's anything really serious there, but it's just something to monitor. Pretty sure Dory Jackson isn't running with the Giants' first team defense. I think that's just uh, that it's precautionary. It's nothing to do with injuries or anything of, of that nature. But that's opening up opportunity for someone like Zion Gilbert, who is getting a shot with first team. So the Giants are looking at these players like Zion Gilbert in practice, and they're going to give him a shot and some reps with the ones. I mean, to think about that opportunity for a kid like that, it looks like. You know, in these early practices, we still have several practices up until we get to game time on Sunday. All these back-end roster guys, I think Brian Dable and this coaching staff are going to try to work into the first team to see how they look and see how they perform when they're going up against the top town on the New York Giants. Yeah, and I, I feel like that's kind of the way to do it. If you're looking at these guys as potentially making the final 53-man roster, if they have to go on the field in September or October or December, you know, whenever they're going to be going against the other team's best players. The, the other team is not going to be subbing in their second, third string players just because you put in a depth cornerback. You know, they, they've got to get up and run with the big dogs. Absolutely. And the fact that Brightwell and Brita aren't practicing, that opens up a lot of opportunity for somebody who really impressed me and Antonio Williams, who ran very physically. And it wasn't just the contact bounce and the physical nature that I appreciated about Antonio Williams. It was his ability to decisively set up his blocks. He pressed the line of scrimmage, then bounce around a block once he baits the linebacker into the hole. Like he had the little nuances of playing running back down pat in that preseason game. And yeah, he wasn't going up against starters, man. But I I, uh, I have a different opinion of Antonio Williams now than I did prior to this this preseason game that we just witnessed. Agreed. And I was also impressed with his acceleration. Now, I don't know if he's got burner, speed demon, long speed, but in that short area, you know, in that 10-yard range, he was really explosive. Great acceleration. So he had the vision, set up the blocks, and then he just hit the hole hard and fast. And that netted him a bunch of positive yardage. And like you said, he, he might not have been going up against starters, but he also wasn't running behind starters either. So uh, I'm with you. I, I was impressed by what I saw from him. I was impressed by each of the Giants backup running backs. I was impressed by Williams. I was impressed by Deshaun Corbin and Gary Brightwell. So I had thought at the time the Giants had a really fascinating backup running back battle set up. But if Brita and Brightwell are down and Antonio Williams has his shot and he takes advantage of it, I don't think there's a backup running back battle to be had. It's interesting. I, I don't know the severity of either of those players' injuries. And I feel like as a fan base, we consider Matt Brita kind of safe. Like he's going to be a lock to make this roster because he's a name we know. But you're right, Chris. Brightwell 
and Corbin and Williams all played, I feel like, well. And they all showed a diverse skill set. Like, all three of them made plays on special teams. Corbin as a kick returner, Brightwell had a tackle, and Antonio Williams had a tackle that Brian Dable acknowledged during his press conference. And you know Antonio Williams, a Joe Shane guy, they're giving this kid a chance to make the roster. And I feel like he's making the most of his opportunity. And Corbin looked pretty solid as a receiver out of the backfield. I thought Brightwell had some really nice runs as well. I think one of them was called back. But regardless, all three of these guys, to me, looked good. But you're right. If that Brightwell injury is is you know holding them out in, on Sunday, that could really work against them. I don't know if that's the case. We'll have to wait and see. But Chris, I wanted to also get your opinion just from the game on Colin Johnson, who was heavily involved in the game plan. And the Giants have another big receiver who they're paying like $72 million in Kenny Galladay. Now, I'm not saying Colin Johnson is better than Kenny Galladay. But since the Giants signed Kenny Galladay, what have we seen from him? And Colin Johnson, this guy who the Giants claimed off the waivers from Jacksonville, who I did not really expect to make this team, possibly he could have, but now he's having such a good training camp. I couldn't imagine the Giants releasing him at this point. What's your overall feel on Kenny Galladay at the moment? Because it's uh, it, it's it hasn't been trending in the right direction since he signed here. Yeah, th- there have been some... Uh... Some really question. Well, I don't want to say questionable things from Galladay, but I'll, I'll definitely say concerning. I admit, you know, people can go go back through the archives. I was in favor of the Giants signing Kenny Galladay. I don't know that I would have given him the size contract the Giants did, or structured the contract in the way they did, because now they're pretty much locked into him, at least in the near term. But now, after getting a look at him last season, after kind of digging into some of his more advanced stats and then getting a look at him through training camp in the preseason. Number one, I have to wonder how much of Galladay's play in Detroit was really a result of having Matt Stafford there. Yeah. Super Bowl champion quarterback. The, The Rams went out and paid the price for Stafford that they did because Matt Stafford is that good. He was very underrated throughout his career with the Lions because, well, the Lions have been terrible. But Stafford's a good quarterback, and a he is the type of quarterback to, if not elevate the receivers, allow them to play to their absolute best. And right now, Daniel Jones is not Matt Stafford. Also, I have to wonder, and I've mentioned this a couple times, if the injuries that Kenny Galladay has suffered, the hip, the knees, the ankles, the soft tissue injuries haven't just accumulated to the point where he doesn't have the same kind of long speed and quickness and explosiveness that he had when he was a thousand yard receiver who led the NFL in touchdowns. Colin Johnson, I have been incredibly impressed with the way he is able to move at the size he is. He's six, six. 220 pounds plus, but he moves very quickly. And he's, for his size, he's got good long speed. He moves like a smaller receiver than he is. And honestly, I have, I would have thought that it, just player A, player B, that Colin Johnson was playing more like the big money free agent. And Galladay has been playing more like the waiver claim. And that is, like I said, something that is concerning. Also, you just from what we've gotten from practice reports, the Giants haven't. It, Colin Johnson has been getting a lot of work, 
and Galladay has not been getting many looks in practice. The ball has not been going his way all that often. So, you know, just taking the things as a whole, the, the Giants are stuck with Galladay because of his contract. They have He has a ton of dead money on the books right now. But I have to wonder if they won't be parting ways with him at the first opportunity to get, they get. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You would have to wonder that, right? And I was going to bring that up. It's not just what we saw in one you know, little preseason game where you're not even going up against starters. It's the practice reports that we're hearing from people that are on the beat that Colin Johnson is heavily involved. Just in today's practice, we're recording this towards the tail end of Monday's practice. Colin Johnson caught a touchdown on the first drive of 11 on 11s. He had a diving catch. Galladay was involved a little bit too. But when you're talking about just big bodied receivers and you remove the, the, the reality of the contract behind them, it's obvious that just in camp, Colin Johnson has had a much more successful camp. And I don't know if that's going to mean he's going to find the football field regularly. I'm not 100% certain what it will mean, but it's definitely not a great sign that Kenny Galladay drops a, a easy pass in the red zone during preseason and this negative vibe about him. And he didn't do anything last season in this first year of the big deal. So it's just one of those things where you just got to monitor. It's not a great situation. And I think you're right, Chris. I think the first chance the Giants get, they're going to try and get out of that contract situation and that obligation. But Chris, do you have any other thoughts on the game that you wanted to kind of just, you know, put out there before we talk a little bit about how the Giants offense has kind of sucked during training camp practices? <laughs> you know, why don't we kind of silver lining bright side this before we go into uh, their practice woes? And this is something we kind of talked a little bit about on Twitter and it just kind of came up a little bit organically. I was impressed with the general shape of the Giants offense. Like it was very vanilla there. We know there weren't any wrinkles, you know, serious wrinkles in what we saw from the Giants offense against the Patriots, the, the option routes, the post snap reads that we had heard about in practice, those were absent or if they were in the game plan, they were so well executed that I didn't notice them. So I'm going to guess based on the fact that it was first preseason game, those options were not used in the plays called. And I think that might have something to do with how crisp uh, Tyrod Taylor and Davis Webb were with how, how they executed the offense in the second quarter and then second half. 
but I really liked how this Brian Dayball, Mike Kafka offense used misdirection and how it used uh, like levels reads to give the quarterback a lot of choices to find the best opportunity to push the ball downfield and to put defenders in binds where they almost cannot be correct. I would say this though, Chris, the, there were some choice routes with the, for the running back, certainly. And I even saw some plays where the tight end had a choice. I think there was a play that I remember where Richie James definitely had some sort of choice. I think the one in the red zone was an adaptation when he realized there was no safety, the touchdown pass he just ran up right towards the 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 goalpost and it was an easy touchdown pass for Tyrod Taylor but i still think overall it was vanilla but it was diverse i saw a lot of different types of running schemes i saw you know stretch zone wide zone stuff like that you saw some power gap you saw a counter run with Jashawn Corbin i put up all the the running the running plays from those three running backs Corbin Brightwell and Antonio Williams up on twitter and you could see there is uh, slight differences in, in the way they're blocking. You saw duo and you saw a lot of different things like that. So you like the fact that they're diverse with their running scheme, at least in preseason. And then in terms of some of the route concepts, like you said, three level read routes. I like the fact that they used up tempo sometimes with Davis Webb. They moved the pocket with Davis Webb and Tyrod Taylor a little bit. So they were just doing a lot of different things, but not necessarily, you know, doing something revolutionary or anything like that. So I, I was pleased with what I saw from Dable and Kafka. Yeah, agreed. I, I'm very curious to see what happens against the Bengals. And then as we start to get into the regular season, as they start to introduce uh, game planning and all of these wrinkles and use a more advanced version of this offense. Yeah. I'm not sure we will even see the full offense this year. And there are some concepts that they want to use that we might not get to see until next year. Just, just because they, they want to take their time making sure they've got the personnel they want before they really install those. Absolutely. And I'm sure they'll try to take shots and stuff like that. But if they don't fully believe in the quarterback's ability to do so, then I think you might get a little bit more of a dulled down version. But we'll have to wait and see. I mean, Jones, he's not their guy, but he's going to be their guy this year, presumably, unless they really like what they see from Tyrod Taylor. But it does suck, man. Just um, before we get out of here real quick, at least for Sunday's practice, which was yesterday's practice when we're recording this, the offense really struggled. And a lot of people on the beat were saying that, like, Jones looked just pretty lost out there. He was 6 of 20 with an interception. It was possibly two interceptions, according to some of the notes that I saw. I believe Darnay Holmes had one of them, and I believe there was another interception as well. So what is your overall feel from just the the reality that the Giants offense has really struggled all throughout training camp? I think that's more customary to have the offense struggle, certainly. Going into you know week two of the preseason, I don't have a great feeling about the overall situation with specifically the quarterback position. I have a couple thoughts on this. It is natural for an offense to struggle early in training camp. Guys are getting back on the same page, rebuilding chemistry. There's roster turnover turnover every year. This year, Giants are installing a completely new offense. They've, there has been a bunch of roster turnover, had to have the offensive line completely rebuilt again. And they're going up against a defense which looks to pressure them. 
So it's natural that they would struggle. The thing that kind of jumps out to me is we are kind of seeing the same notes and stat lines, you know, only completing six passes, a couple interceptions. Uh, Adore Jackson and Darnay Holmes both had an interception in practice yesterday. That these are kind of the same stat lines, the same reports that we were getting in the first three days of training camp. So the Giants have talked a lot about you know going through the process. You know, early on, this it was don't worry, we're still early in the process, we still have a ways to go, but we're putting in the work, we're doing things the right way. Well, it's it's starting to get pretty darn close to the regular season now. We can stop looking at prog at process and start wondering about progress and is the offense really making the progress that they need to make yeah i don't expect tyrod taylor to be the giants week one starter however if these struggles continue into the regular season when they start using wrinkles and other teams are game planning against them yeah brian dable joe shane mike kafka these are not dumb men they know john mara's recent history and they have no ties to daniel jones they have no ties to kenny galladay if it looks like the offense is as bad as we have as we have heard on way too many practices so far that is when i think we could start to see colin johnson get looks over Kenny Galladay. That's when we could start to see Daniel Jones pulled off the field in favor of Tyrod Taylor and maybe even benched. Yeah, I don't think it will happen right away, but I have to wonder at this point with as little progress as we have, at, at least the people on the sidelines have been reporting how much, how much slack the, some of the starters are going to have. That's exactly where I'm at. I just don't know if the Giants are competitive in week one and two, and then they lose because of Daniel Jones mistakes late in the game. That's not going to be great for his longevity just in 2022 when you have a backup like Tyrod Taylor and the fact that Giants didn't pick up his fifth year option. You know, there's a lot of things that suggest that like Daniel Jones is going to really have to prove himself this year to stay here long-term, like really have to prove himself. But even if he struggles a lot adapting to this new offense, you have a very competent backup now. It's not Mike Glennon back there, you know? And I liked Colt McCoy, but Colt McCoy didn't really have that big of an arm. Tyrod Taylor has a bigger arm than even a player like Colt McCoy. So it's a different situation right now with Daniel Jones. And I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is going to fall on his face or anything like that. I'm just saying there's a lot of pressure on this kid right now, and he hasn't necessarily proved it. And it's still early and everything in terms of just him being involved in this offense. But man, we got to start seeing some results soon. Hopefully we get some encouragement in in the week two preseason game and the week three preseason game. I didn't feel like he played bad at all in this preseason game, but he did miss an opportunity to to really impress with that one would-be touchdown with with Colin Johnson. It was a really, really – he would really have to make a quick decision. I put it on Twitter. His decision-making process had to be really, really accelerated there. And when he just didn't pull the trigger right away, he tried to go to the seven route on the three levels concept, the, the flood concept. That wasn't there. So then he went with the check down that he overthrew. It was just a bad play. But that was really only like his one really negative play that I that I saw from, from his limited time on Thursday. Yes. You know, Daniel Jones did not play poorly 
in week one or preseason game one against the Patriots. But there is a difference between executing a vanilla preseason offense against the other team's second stringers and executing a full offense against the other team's starters when they're game planning against you. And it is notable the Giants are going to be starting the season against a playoff team and a good one at that in the Tennessee Titans. And it's even like that that could be a winnable game. Like it's not unreasonable to think that the Giants could go to Tennessee and defeat them. I mean, last year, everyone thought the Cardinals, I live out in Arizona, dude. Everyone's like, oh, the Cardinals are going to get just absolutely manhandled. They're going to Tennessee, a really good football team in week one. And the Cardinals absolutely embarrassed them. So I'm not saying the Giants are going to do that. If I had oh, to sorry. Pick, I would say Tennessee is going to win that football game because I trust Mike Vrabel and his coaching. But at the same time, you know, we've seen crazier things happen, but you really need good quarterback play in order for that to really materialize. Because Kyler Murray played fantastic in week one last year against Tennessee. But Chris, do you have anything else you want to go over from these practices and just overall thoughts from Thursday's game? You know, I think we've about done it. We've got a few more practices to go than the Giants play the Bengals. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see Joe Burrow. Uh, I Let me just say, I, I don't put a whole lot of stock into wins and losses in the preseason. And I am a fan of Joe Burrow. I just like the way he plays the game. He makes difficult things look very not difficult. Uh, hopefully, he's recovering quickly from that emergency appendectomy. But I would have liked to have seen him out there. But we've got... We've got more to watch. We've got practices to get through. And then we'll be back later in the week. Yeah, it's going to be exciting to talk about everything going on with the New York football giants. Please stay tuned right here for all the coverage you need. And head on over to BigBlueView.com for all your written content. Thank you so much, everybody, and have a lovely day. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. 